Turn please to Romans, the first chapter. Take off your parking brake. Rev up your motor. And get ready. Let's launch out into the Word of God. And let Him feed our spirit and raise us up. The scripture said that the word of God is quick, it's alive, it's powerful, than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder, a spirit and soul and joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's a living thing. And can we believe tonight that we'll not just hear the words of men, but we will in fact hear God speaking to us. It can be the words you hear coming out of my mouth. It can be hear things coming straight to you that nobody said. Except he said them to you. But uh, if we're in here tonight and we don't hear from him, it's our fault. It's like somebody setting a great big table with every fine food and then you're going away hungry. That's just your own fault. That's what my grandpa used to tell me all the time. If you leave hungry here, it's your own fault. Romans, the first chapter for some weeks now, we've been on a, uh, a series we're calling Living by Faith. Man, I have an excitement in my spirit. We're coming into some things. Hallelujah. We're coming into a, a, a next part, next phase, next level. Hallelujah. The Lord, everything he has given us has prepared us. One to the other, to the other, to the other. Look here in Romans 1. Romans 1, he said, in verse 15. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. A big part of being ready is being confident. Or another word for that in scripture is bold. Now bold is not the same as pushy. It's not. Not at all. You're bold You're confident, you're sure, because you know. If you're not bold, you're not confident, it's because you're not sure. You don't know for sure. And uh, we need to get our questions answered about things from the Word of God and Spirit of God so that we're absolutely settled on it, fully persuaded. Thoroughly convinced, absolutely, positively, certain, sure, Uh and fixed. (laughs) I'm closed to all discussion. My mind has been made up. I am what God has said I am. Uh Case is closed. That's it. (laughs) That's a verse to a song the Lord gave me years ago. I don't know that you've ever heard it or not. The Lord's given me a lot of songs that I sang one time or hadn't sung. I was, I was at a church some years ago 
And pastor picked us up and we're going to the hotel. He said, oh, Brother Keith, that song that you sang, that blesses me so much. And I said, what song is that? And he's telling me, I said, I don't think that's mine. I said, I think that's somebody else's song. He said, no, that's your song. <laughs> I said, well, no, I don't, I don't. Tell me again. He told me the words and he kind of sang it a little bit. He wasn't a singer. And, and <laughs> not that I claim to be a big one, but he said, uh, that's your song, Brother Keith. I said, no, I don't, I don't think so. He said, oh, and he reached in the console, put out a tape, shoved it in, and it was me singing the song. (laughs) I sang it one time in a service, had never sung it before, never sang it again. But it's something he'd been singing for years. Isn't that something? Just thought I'd share that with you. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and the salvation of everyone that believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. For therein, in the gospel, in the good news, the anointed word of God, is the righteousness or rightness of God revealed. And how is it revealed? From faith to faith. See, here's another indication of it's revealed to us as we're able to take it. It's revealed how? It's revealed by faith and through faith. And then when our faith comes up, more is revealed. And then when our faith comes up, more is revealed. And uh, he said, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, there's a whole lot of churches that have very limited light in this. And what I mean by that is they believe you get born again by faith. But then they kind of just close the door. And believe wrongly that everything that happens after that is the mysterious will of God. And it's not really up to us. And everything's up to him. And they don't endeavor to live every day dealing with every situation by faith. But the same way we got born again is the way we're supposed to get up in the morning. And the way we're supposed to go to sleep. Well, I can't sleep. You can by faith. I don't know if I can get up. You can by faith. I don't know if I can go. You can by faith. I like what the psalmist said. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. Hallelujah. When my strength fails, we can tap into his. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You access it by faith. Now uh, go with me please to 1 John 5. 1 John 5. I feel like my, my grandmother who used to say when she was cooking Mm-mm-mm, this is good if I did cook it myself. About the rest of what we're getting into, I, I just keep thinking, mm-mm, this is good. First John 5 and 4. Romans said the just shall live by faith. You'll find that in another half dozen places in the scripture, that same phrase. The just live by faith. First John 5, 4 says, 
Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Well, anything that comes out of God is going to be greater than anything that came out of this world. Now, uh, you didn't just come from a city or state or a natural dad and mom. They didn't create your spirit. And they sure didn't recreate it. The Bible said our citizenship is in heaven. And we are born of God. My spirit that is will last forever and live forever. Didn't Jesus say if you believe in me, he that believes in me shall never die. Come on, say it out loud. I will never die. die. Say what? Say what? This body's going to die. Well, yes and no. You walk with the Lord, you probably won't even know you died. And in the truest sense, you did not. And you never will. Because physical death is not spiritual death. It's just a transition. It's just slipping out of the body. And the scripture said Jesus tasted death for every man. So when I die, if the Lord tears is coming long enough, I'm not even going to taste death. <laughs> Brother Hagin used to say it like this, Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's in heaven. Now he said, he said, the Lord tears is coming. We'll all have to go through the gates of death. But you don't have to go through the jaws of death. And the Bible talks about the second death. And he that has part in the first resurrection, he won't experience the second death. The truth is, you and I believers, we've already done all the dying we ever going to do. <laughs> Which means, this point out. We will never die. Comes time to go. We'll slip out of our body. It'll fall on the ground. Like a glove without a hand. But we will be. Experiencing life more than we ever have. Experiencing life without restrictions. Come on somebody say it again. I I will. will Never. Never. Die. Die. Or if you prefer bad English, I ain't never, never going to die. First <laughs> John 5, 4. Whatever's born of God overcomes the world. That's everything down here. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? What is it? What is it? How do we do it? Well, first of all, you're born of God. Anything that comes out of God is better than anything that comes out of this old world. And that's you. And being born of God, you're born of faith. And the faith of God is in us. And it is by this living faith in the living God that we overcome everything in this cursed, dead world. If we respond in faith 
we will experience victory. Said out loud, this is the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even my faith. Now, uh, I believe we're going to really simplify some things tonight and get down to some real core basics. You don't have to know all the details of a thing to know what to do about it. No matter what kind of situation you may encounter, what kind of need, what kind of difficulty, what kind of attack, what kind of stress, duress, pressure, you already know how to deal with it by faith. But now don't don't let that get past you. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. right. No, no, no. That's a real thing. That, that's not just a saying. That is how you win. That's how you come through it. That's how you come over it. Every time is that if something slaps you, if something hits you, if something comes up in your life and you're dealing with it and you're having to deal with it and you what do I do about this? You already know what to do about it. We're going to get in faith. And we're going to stay in faith. That's how we overcome it. Every time. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. We'll see more detail. 2 Corinthians 4 and 6. 4, 6. Let's read a few verses down through here. God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure, the treasure of the knowledge of the glory, God himself, the Spirit of God, in earthen vessels. That's right here. That's right now. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I have in me that which is beyond me. Bigger than me. Greater than me. Is living inside of me. Now notice what he says here. We are troubled on every side. Yet not distressed. This word trouble has the connotation of pressure being brought to bear. And we got pressure and problems where? Paul said here at this time, on every side. And yet, not distressed. Not distressed. Is it possible to have problems all around you? And yet, it's it's trying to push you from the outside. And yet, you are not squeezed on the inside. I call it pressed, but not squeezed. It's coming on you from the outside. But you don't have to let it on the inside. We are perplexed. What does that mean? Every time I read that, I think of a cartoon depiction with a big balloon over their head and a a strange look on their face and a big question mark. Perplexed means to be at a loss. You don't know what to do. 
Don't know why this was happening. Don't know what to do about it. And there's a lot of people that think if I don't understand this, I can't be all right. But the truth is, this is where faith comes in. And you can be all right without a clue as to why this is happening or even what to do about it. Well, I I, got to understand, I won't be able to relax until I understand. That's not true. If you'd get in faith, you could relax right now before you understand. (laughs) Is it true or not? Perplexed, but not in despair. Just because you don't know some things doesn't mean you have to get down. That you have to be depressed or discouraged. I got to know this. You don't have to know that to trust God. I have to know how are we going to come out of this? Well, read the back of the book. (laughs) I'm not trying to be flippant. This is the truth. Trust in God allows us to rest before we see, before we know, before we understand. In the midst of chaos and turbulence and pressure. And the unknowns. You just smile like somebody who doesn't know any better. And people look at you. If they don't understand, they feel sorry for you. Look at them. Don't even know how much trouble they're in. Put that dumb look on their face. (laughs) I guess ignorance is bliss. No. No, you actually know this is too big for me. This is out of my hands. I don't, I can't fix this. I got to put this in the hands of somebody who can. So here you go. Lord, you got it. I don't. And if I cast all of my cares over on the Lord, that means I have none here, which means I can just smile and be happy. Be careful for nothing. Cast all your cares on the Lord. Take no thought for the morrow. Not just good suggestions, commands, because we are not built to handle worry. Worry breaks us down. Fear and anxiety will make you sick. It'll ruin your relationships. It'll make you old before your time. And people blame it on God like it's some kind of mysterious will of God. But if we hadn't been worrying and fretting for the last 15, 20 years... It wouldn't have broke us down like that. And to say I can't help it. It's just not true. I said it's just not true. It is our choice. What we think on. What we believe. Is it or not? It's our choice. Somebody said out loud. My mind. Is my mind. I don't have to think on. What I don't choose to think on. My mind is my mind. Now, if you don't believe that, you'll never have victory completely. The enemy's got you right where he wants you. If you believe I can't help it, then you will always be a victim. Helpless. But the truth is, greater is he that's in you than anything that's in this world 
are against you and you have been born of God. And that which has come out of God is not subject and a helpless victim to whatever is trying to rule this world. And the way we access this strength inside us and this victory is even our faith. Mm, hallelujah. Might as well be happy. Mm, hallelujah. Might as well rejoice. These little troubles are quickly passing away. Oh, the glory that's already headed my way. Might as well be happy. I might as well rejoice. I think I'll give glory. I've already made my choice. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fear. I'm packing my bags, getting ready, because I'm soon getting out of here. Bible say the tribulation and sufferings of this time they are not even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed true or not the scripture got to be true finish reading this with me troubled on every side yet not distressed do you have to be distressed because there's trouble in your life no, you don't. A lot of people don't. They think you can't be happy and relieved until whatever's bothering you stops. A lot of church-going people believe that. A lot of people do. But it's not true. When you get in faith, we which have believed do enter into rest. And you can do that by faith while everything is still terrible on the outside. You can have trouble all around you, and yet you are not stressed out at all. You are not distressed. Now, the only way you can do that is by knowing how much God loves you and casting your cares over on Him and full confidence in Him that He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's brought you through a thousand times before like this and He'll do it again. Right. Is that right? right? So I'm just resting in Him. Yes, and when the smoke clears, yeah. I'll be standing here right. with the victory. That's right. I don't have to know how. I don't have to know the way. I can believe that right now. Today. And if I do, the stress goes away. So people think, well, what I got to do is I got to find a less stressful job. I got to find a less stressful marriage. I got I to find less stressful kids. I got to. I kind of live in a less stressful part of the world. Now you laugh, but people are doing this. People are jumping out of their marriages, leaving their kids, leaving their jobs, leaving the ministry. But friend, you can be on a, a deserted island right by yourself and be stressed out because of that. Because <laughs> it's not the stress that tries to come on you 
that bothers you. It's not the pressure that tries to come on you that bothers you. It's only the pressure you let in. That's the only pressure that bothers us. Is what we would let in. Didn't Jesus say. Let not your heart be troubled. Does that mean you can let it be troubled or not let it be troubled? Is that true? Are you going to look at him and say, I'm trying, Lord, but I just can't? Many people say that. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That means if I'm troubled, it's because I let myself be troubled. I could have done something else. If I'm afraid, it's because I let myself be afraid. I could have resisted the fear and done something else. I know a lot of people don't believe this, but I'm quoting scriptures. You've yielded to pressure and fear. So have I. Let's quit it. I said, let's stop it. It's never helped us. I said, it's never helped us, never done anything but hurt us and everybody around about us. Let's begin to live like real Christians. Let's begin to live by faith. And we which have believed do enter into rest. Hallelujah. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep your heart and your mind. Hallelujah. Through Jesus Christ. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life. And peace. Come on somebody say it again. My mind. Is my mind. I don't have to think anything. I choose not to think. Keep reading. Where were we in 2 Corinthians? Trouble on every side. Tell me the. You answer me with the, the faith part here. With trouble on every side. Say what? You're not stressed. What about all your troubles? Come on, answer me. Help me out. Say, I I have no stress at all. We are perplexed. You're not down over it? You're not upset? Not depressed? Not discouraged? Really? How in the world do you do that? Verse 9. Persecuted. Persecuted mean folks are after you. They're chasing you. They're against you. But no matter who's against you, what, what else do we know? God is for me. And if he's for me, who and what difference does it make? Who they, who they are. If they're against me, cast down, but not destroyed. Knocked down, one translation says, but not knocked out. Keep reading. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. We're living in this world, dying world, curse-filled, problem-filled world. Our body's part of it. It hadn't been changed yet. But 
The life of Jesus is inside of us in this earthen vessel and it's manifested, hallelujah, to quicken us and give us victory throughout life. Verse 11, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. That's right here and now. Before this flesh is changed. It's while it's still mortal. Every time we're hit, we're pressed, we're experiencing some kind of death, there is supposed to be an outcome of life. Manifested, quickening, is that right? Victory in us and through us. Every time. Verse 12. So death works in us, but life in you. He's talking about his ministry to them. Verse 13. We Having the same spirit of faith. Now what he was talking about. Trouble on every side. Yet not distressed. That's the spirit of faith. He was describing the spirit of faith. Perplexed. But not in despair. The only way you can do that. The only way. There is no drug that can give you peace. No drink, there's no amount of possessions, nothing can give you peace and comfort on the inside except this. Perplexed but not in despair, that is the spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. Hallelujah. Knowing. That he which raised up the Lord shall raise up us also by Jesus and present us with you. Glory to God. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man's renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This describes the spirit of faith. And as I mentioned earlier, you don't have to know all the details of what to do in a situation in the beginning. As we walk by faith, the Lord will show us what to do day to day the big thing we have to know is when we're hit with something we don't panic we don't yield to fear we don't yield to discouragement come on are you with me because none of that's faith what we have to do and this is our part that God is not going to do for us and this will determine the outcome of the situation I know some pastor friends of mine from another part of the country here, and uh, they um, were with us in one of these meetings. And the Lord was ministering on faith during these meetings through me, like he often does, like we often emphasize. And not too long after that, their son was involved in a very serious uh, car crash. In fact, when they they called him and told him about it, they didn't know how they were going to get him out of this crumpled car and didn't figure he would live they wanted them to hurry that they might be able to speak to him they didn't think they could cut him out and him still live and the pastor and his wife got in the car 
And as they're driving there, he grabbed her hand. They looked at each other. And he said, he said, honey, no matter what we see, we are not going to fear. No matter what we see, we are going to believe God. Oh, friend, this is where battles are lost or won, right here. You don't have to know exactly what's wrong. You don't have to know exactly what to do about it. The Lord will show you that and walk you through that. But what you do have to do at the very beginning of it is decide we are going to trust God. We're going to believe. Now believe is not the same as praying loud at the top of your voice. Believe is not the same as trying to rebuke and yell at the devil as hard and fast as you know how. That can be done in pure fear. Praying and begging hard and fast as you can can just be total fear. No faith at all. We're not talking about just praying. We're not talking about just rebuking and binding. We're talking about faith. Faith. They got there. It looked terrible. Within just uh, moments, the Lord showed the people how to get him out. They got him. He lived, made it to the hospital. Totally recovered. Totally, totally recovered. It was a witness to the whole church. It was a witness to the whole community. How quickly. I mean, he just sailed out of it. You wouldn't know anything ever happened to him. God. Brought him out. But can you see, they gave him something to work with. Can you see that? They made up their mind. They're so pivotal. When he grabbed her hand, they looked at each other. And he said, no matter what we see, we are not going to fear. Did you notice here he talked about the spirit of faith? Faith is a spirit. That's not just knowledge. Not just the knowledge of faith, the spirit of faith. Did you know the Bible said God has not given us the spirit of fear? Fear is a spirit. Not just the knowledge of fear. Fear, for lack of a better way to say it, fear, the spirit of fear influences feelings, thoughts. It's a whole environment, spirit of it. Well, faith has the same characteristics, only good. Faith is not just quoting a couple of scriptures off the top of your head. Faith is a look in your eye. Faith is a tone in your voice. Faith is an environment you live in. And Brother Hagin used to say this. I like it. He said, the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. I can see that. Well, our text. What's the victory that overcomes the world? Even our faith. Say it out loud if you believe it. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. Well, in contrast, what is the spirit of fear? The spirit of fear is the spirit of defeat. It's the spirit of failure. And fear will come to you 
Mrs. Don't prophesy that over me, Brother Keith. You are living down here on this planet. Fear will come to you. Especially things that you care a lot about. Things you care a lot about. If it looks like something's going to happen to them. You're going to lose them some way. They're going to be destroyed some way. Fear will come. It's palpable. It is tangible. Have anybody ever felt a lot of fear? I know you have. You live in this world. The pressure. Anything from mild dread to outright panic. It's the same stuff. It's just different degrees of it. And it is spiritual. The spirit of fear. Well the spirit of faith. Is the way we overcome. It is the spirit of victory. And it's our choice. When fear comes. Why did that pastor take his wife's hand. And look at her. And say no matter what we see. Why did he say that? Why did he say that? Because I guarantee you. That car was full of fear. Fear had come and jumped on them. Come on, can you see this? It was pushing on both of them. Our baby is so crammed up in a piece of twisted metal. They don't even know how to cut him out. And they want us to hurry. Might be able to say a word to him before he dies. Fear will come. I don't care who you are. What you think you know. How long you've been walking with the Lord. Fear will come. But it's not the pressure that comes on you that hurts you. It's only what you let in you. That can hurt you. And squeeze you. And they were feeling it. These thoughts. These feelings. And that's when he reached over and takes her hand. And he says no matter what we see. Yeah. <laughs> No matter what we see, we are not fearing. We're believing God. Oh, and that's what God needed. That's what the Lord needed. Come on, are you with me? To have a legal right for the angels of God, the Holy Spirit to manifest in this physical realm. He did. They did. And that boy came out quickly. I mean quickly. God's no respecter of persons. He'd do that for anybody. He loves all his kids the same. Spirit of fear. Spirit of faith. Spirit of failure and defeat. Hopelessness. Spirit of victory. And overcoming. And you don't have to know anything. About the circumstances. Or what to do about it. To have that right now. It's a choice choice to believe glory to God listen to let me give you this real quickly revelations in the book of revelations you see a recurring theme the spirit of God says repeatedly he speaks to a specific group of people to him that overcomes you remember that Let me read them to you. Don't try to turn there. Just listen. They'll put them up on the screen. Revelation 2.7. The Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcomes. Will I give to eat of the tree of life. Which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Who's going to get to do that? Everybody. Everybody. 
No, not everybody. Now, a lot of people want to try to believe and say everybody. But he didn't say to everybody. He said what? To him that overcomes. In the 11th verse, he says, the Spirit says to the churches, he that overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. Verse 17, to him that overcomes, I will give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written, which no man knows, saying he that received it. I'm going to get a new name that the Lord picked out just for me. Hmm? My name from him. And that's who I'm going to be from then on. I don't guess you'll be calling me Keith anymore. You'll be calling me whatever because I am who he says I am. <laughs> I think you're going to be the same way, ain't you? I mean, <laughs> Verse 26. He that overcomes and keeps my words to the end, to him I will give power over the nations. To who? To who? Chapter 3, verse 5. He that overcomes... The same will be clothed in white raiment, and I'll not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I'll confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Who's this going to happen for? To him or her that overcomes. Glory to God. Jesus is going to acknowledge us in front of the Father. In front of all the holy angels, he's going to say, they are mine. And call us by name. Wow. To who? Who's this for? Him that overcomes. Verse 12. Revelation 3.12. Him that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. He'll go no more out. I'll write on him the name of my God. And the name of the city of my God. Which is New Jerusalem. Which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. Well, these names are a big deal. Whose we are and what we are. Verse 21. To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. Say what? Is this true? Could this be true? Who's this going to happen for? To him that overcomes. Revelation 21, 7. He that overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Who is this going to happen for? Not everybody, but he that overcomes. Now I got a question to ask us and let's answer it. Overcomes what? That overcomes what? Go with me. Back to the Old Testament. To the book of Numbers. Numbers 13. Actually go to 14 and then we'll back up. There is a spirit of fear. There is a spirit of faith. And identifying which is which. Is easy. It's not hard. Very easy when you know what to look for. And it affects your whole life. Many Christians have lived year after year under a cloud of oppression 
trouble, sleeping trouble with all kind of things, worried, scared, fearful, traumatized, distressed. An enemy has convinced them they can't help it. That if their life would ever straighten up to some kind of degree, they could be relieved of the pressure. But it's just not true. There'll always be something in this life to stress over. There'll always be something that people did or didn't do for you to be upset about. Always. Always. And the key to living in peace and freedom and joy and victory is not causing everything to be right on the outside. You're never going to achieve that. But in the midst of all the chaos, you can have peace that passes understanding right inside, right now. You can rest. You do it by faith. Now, uh, Numbers 14, 21, and I'm reading in Young's literal translation. It's, it doesn't read quite as smoothly, but I like it because of its accuracy. It is so accurate. The Lord said, and yet I live, and it has filled the whole earth with the honor of Jehovah. For all men who are seeing my honor and my signs which I have done in Egypt... And in the wilderness and try me these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice. They see not the land which I have sworn to their fathers. Yet none of those despising me see it. And my servant Caleb. Because there has been another spirit with him. And he is fully after me. And I have brought him into the land whether he hath entered and his seed doth possess it. Notice how in the original language God talks about things that haven't happened in the natural yet as though they have already happened. I've brought him to the land. Well, he ain't there yet, but God says you're there. It's just a matter of catching the next train. My servant Caleb, what, what does the, uh, the Amplified says it like this, but my servant Caleb Because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it. Everybody say a different spirit. What kind of spirit did he have? Well, we know from other passages that he and Joshua had faith and believed and trusted God when the others did not. But here, the scripture calls him having another spirit. A different spirit. Back up with me to the 13th chapter. And let's look at how this unfolded. Numbers 13. Somebody say another spirit. In Numbers 13. The Lord told Moses. To tell the uh, tribes. To pick out a prince. A ruler from among each tribe. The 12 tribes. And to send them. To spy out, scope out the land that he had told them he had given them. And that he had told them to go up and possess it. Because he was with them. And to go up and scope it out. Make preparations. See what's what. Where's where. The fruit of the land. People of the land. Cities. All that kind of thing. Well after 40 days of going throughout the land. Checking it. They came back. 
with fruit, with a report. They had clusters of grapes that were so big and, and so bountiful that two men had to carry them on a staff. And they said, truly it is a land that flows with milk and honey. But the people that are in it are giants. And they live in walled cities that are walled up to the sky. And there, I'm paraphrasing a little bit now. There is no way that we can conquer them. There is no way that we can defeat them. Now, uh, verse uh, 30. Caleb, what do we know about Caleb? Different spirit from who? From these guys. Different from them. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and he said what? Let's go up at once and possess it. Let's go get it now. For we are well able to overcome it. Hallelujah. Now you like that. I said, just me reading that. You like that. Don't you? Why do you like that? Why do you like that? I just read something that they said about a guy and some things that happened a long, long time ago. And and you're like, yeah. Yeah. Why do you like that? You don't just like a report about something that happened a long time ago. There's something in that that appeals to you. That touches you, that, that stirs you. The language, and it's not just about the, the exact words that he used. It's the spirit of what he said. The spirit that was in the man and on the man Caleb. He saw the same giants they did. He saw the same iron chariots they did. He saw the same walled cities they did. And what does he say? <laughs> Let's go do this thing. Come on. Strap on your sword. Pack your bag. I'm telling you, there's orchards over there. There's vineyards. There's ponds and streams. And there's houses. Already got the furniture in them. I'm telling you, God said it's yours. Let's go get it now. We are well able to to what? What is the spirit of faith? It's the spirit of victory, or you could say the spirit of the overcomer. Does Caleb know? What's he talking about here? Does he know how in the world he could go hand to hand with a 10-foot giant and win? He don't know that. You don't have to know. You don't have to know. Does he know? How they could ever penetrate such walls and gates. And get through. And much less defeat these kind of giants. Once you got in. How are you going to keep giants in iron chariots from just running right over you? Making you a greasy spot in the road. Does he know that? He does not know that. Faith does not have to know that. 
He knows. God told them. I have found you a land. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. And I'm giving it to you. Go up and possess it. That's what he knows. I said that's what he knows. And he knows if God told you it's yours. It's yours. If he said if God is with us. Who can be against us? Verse 31. But the men that went up with him. They said something else. They said something different. Because Caleb was saying something different than they were saying. Because he had a different spirit than they had. What did Caleb say? We can do it. What did they say? We be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. We be not able. What did Caleb say? We're well able. What they say? We are not able. You can discern the difference between the spirit of faith and the spirit of fear with one word. Can or can't. You can. We're not able. We can't do it. Isn't that what they're saying? You know, we, we don't talk exactly like that. We be not able. <laughs> what would we say? We can't. <laughs> we can't. Ain't no way. What'd Caleb say? We can. We can. Not just barely do it. We can really do it. We are able. He's talking about we. We can do it. You hear sometimes people say, well, I can't do anything. You know, God does everything. That's not right. That's not right. God does not do everything. He helps you. The Holy Spirit is called the helper. What if you do nothing? Then there's nothing to help. You got to give him something to work with. He said, we can do it. Now he's counting on the Lord helping them. But he's counting on them doing something. We're going to go get this. And we couldn't do it in ourselves. But God's going to be with us. And he's going to help us. And we are well able in him. And what they say? They say, uh-uh. You're wrong, Caleb. All you're going to do is go over there and get yourself killed. And I'm not going to get myself killed. We're not going to do that. It's suicide. It's just suicide. We can't do it. Now, what are they saying can't be done? We read in Revelation, to him that overcomes, to him that overcomes, to him that overcomes. What are they saying can't be overcome? The giants, the walled cities. Was that true or not? Just a generation later, Joshua led them in there and they overcame them. Is that right? Proving that was not the case. It wasn't that the giants couldn't be overcome. It wasn't that the walled cities couldn't be penetrated. Then what is it they failed to overcome? They failed to overcome fear and unbelief. It is exactly the same in our life today. Cancer is not unhealable. 
I don't care if you owe $10 billion. That is not an unpayable debt. It could be paid. If you throw up your hands and say, ain't no way if I work 12 jobs in 10 lifetimes, I could never pay that. Well, then you are defeated. And it's not because it can't be paid. It's not the debt that defeated you. It's not the giants that defeated them. It's not the walled cities that kept them out. Come on, can you see it? Hebrews says, we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Unbelief is what kept them out. Not giants. Because God is bigger than giants. Greater is he that's in me. Come on, somebody needs to say it. Greater is he that's in me than any disease, any amount of money, any problem. The thing we have to overcome is not the disease. It ain't the bills. It ain't the debt. It ain't the relationship problems. It's not the kids acting crazy. That is not our fight. See, people get caught up fighting the symptoms. Caught up walking by sight, looking at the things that are seen. We are to fight the good fight of faith. It's a faith fight. Not fighting symptoms. Not fighting bills. Not fighting people. What we have to overcome is the fear that comes against us personally and individually. What we have to overcome is the doubt that would try to push down on us. The spirit of defeat that says you can't. It's never going to happen for you. That's the only thing that can defeat a child of God. Because you have not been born to defeat. You came out of God. There's no junk that comes out of God. There's no weak stuff destined for defeat that came out of God and was born of God. The only way we can be defeated is to choose to believe lies and yield to a spirit that didn't come from God. The spirit of fear. I didn't say it was always easy. That's why he calls it a fight. Oh yeah. Fear's real. And there'll be times you'll have to brace up and stand up and get a hold of yourself and say, quit it. Quit it with tears in your eye and a head full of questions and, and being able to see nothing but darkness. You have to say, yay, though I walk through this valley of the shadow of death, I refuse to fear. Fear, leave me. Fear, I resist you. And these things will bombard your head and mind. It's over. It's over. No way. No how. You'll never get out of this. You'll never overcome this. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. And if you listen to it and you believe it, you're done. There is no way out. But if you'll rise up and say, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world and all things are possible. Oh, somebody needs to say it. All things are possible to him that believes. And I can. I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You don't have to know how. You don't have to have a clue how. 
But you do have to believe that. And say it. And mean it. And oh if you will. In the darkest hour. If you will. Light will begin to break through. Hallelujah. Somebody bigger than you. Will take you by the hand. Oh take you by the hand. Hallelujah. And the spirit of God inside will say that's it boy. Stay with it now. Give me something to work with. And you'll see how to take the next step. And you don't want to step after that. And he will lead you all the way out. All the way through. Till you taste victory. And experience it. In this life. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? You a faith boy? Faith girl? Are you now? Your father's a faith father. And there's nothing pleases him better. Why? Why? Why would that be true? Because there's nothing that pleases a loving father better than being able to take care of his kids and protect them and bless them like he wants to. Right? Am I right? There's nothing that blesses a, a loving parent more than the success and blessing and victory and healing of their child. And without faith, he's limited. I know some folks don't believe that, but it's just Bible. Without faith, even though God wants to do some things, some say, well, I don't believe that. God, God, he can do anything he wants to. Why don't he make you act right then? <laughs> no, God's not making people do stuff. He really has given us a free will. And it's up to us what we choose to think about, what we choose to believe, what we choose to say. Got to make up your mind. Just like that pastor grabbed his wife's hand. Got to make up your mind. Every hour, especially the dark ones. I refuse to fear. I refuse to. I refuse to. We can get through this. See, they're telling him, "There's no. we don't even know how to get your boy out of this. We don't know how he could come out of this. What are they saying? He can come out of this. Is that right? You got to be able to say, he can, you can come out of this. And of course, that's important in, in a serious situation, but... When you learn how to live that way, you just live that way with little things. You just do that all the time. You don't even recognize it as much as other people do. Let me tell you a little something on Phyllis. You mind? Because she tells stuff on me. Is that right? I mean, every, every time I leave, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Phyllis is my wife, for those of you that don't know. And she is a faith woman. Yes, sirree. Well, she, uh, I like aviation watches and one of the premier makers of a aviation watch is Breitling and they had come out with this new watch I didn't even know they had it and I usually knew more about it but I'd been busy and doing other things just hadn't kept up and she found out about it she wanted to get it for me well she calls some of the best stores around and the guy said you want which kind she said, she told him, she said, they only made 300 of them. And one guy bought 100. <laughs> and he said, we've been trying to get one for months, and, they, and we're one of the biggest stores in the area, and they say, we are not getting one. I'm sorry, miss, but you are not, you're not going to be able to get one. She, <laughs> she said, thank you for your time. She hung up the phone. What do you think? What do you think? She prays. 
She prayed. Then the Bible said, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, she called some other store, bigger store, greater stores. Some of them laughed at her. They said, no. They told her the same thing. No, no, no. No way, no how. What is that? Spirit of defeat. Can't, you, you can't get one. And she heard that, I guess, a couple of dozen times. And some of them were real demonstrative about it. Because she kept asking and they'd say, we told you, okay? We've been trying to get one. You know, and we're number such store in the country, in the world. We can't get one. You're not going to be able to get one. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of people, you tell them that, what will they do? Now, you know, if it's not something you should be doing, then you should quit and leave it alone. But if you're supposed to be doing it, then you don't need to let anything phase you. Or dissuade you. Well, she calls this one place finally. And a uh, young lady answers. And, and she asks her about the, this watch. And she says, we have one. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody wants it. And in fact, we think it's already. Well, no, she said it's already sold. Sorry. <laughs> then she stops. She says, when would you buy it? She says, Now. She says, right now? She says, right now, I got my credit card right here. They sold her that watch. <laughs> and, they, and, then, and the lady even says, she said, well, it, it was during my birthday. And she said, uh, the lady knew it was my birthday. She said, I will get in the car, and it was like, I don't know, some distance from there, I will drive it over to you. She said, oh, you don't have to do that. Favor? Just supernatural favor. And it wasn't like some crazy add-on price either. It wasn't a reasonable price. Why did she just decide on the phone to go, I'll sell it to you. Because yeah. <laughs> stores all over the world wanting it. I got one. Yeah. Glory to God. Got one. Because I got a faith wife. <laughs> I got a wife when you tell her it can't be done. It's like she she said, I heard the wind blow before. (laughs) Does not mean a thing. But we've grown in that over the years because we've had, you know, person after person. You can't, uh, you know, start a a church with a a multi-thousand seat building when you have no congregation. And no money. You, you You can't believe for intercontinental aircraft and you got no money. Sure you can. I said, sure you can. How many thing after thing after thing? You can't, you can't, you can't. You can't, you can't, you can't. You can't, you can't, you can't. And if you believe that, you will wander around out in a dry place. Is that right? In the wilderness and you will die and not go in. But two boys... The whole bunch of hundreds of thousands of people died out there in that dry, desolate place when a milk and honey flowing land is right over there. Right, right over there. Right. But two guys, faith is not everywhere. 
Bible said, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith in the earth. Faith is rare. And faith is precious. And not only did they have faith, they held on to their faith for 40 years with this griping bunch in the desert. When I get to heaven, I want to shake Caleb's hand. <laughs> How about you? And Joshua, I'm going to tell him, you the man. Is that right? You are the man. Anybody that can do that, you the man. You the faith man. How about you? How about you? You, you a faith man? You a faith woman? Are you now? Are you now? You ever been told you can't? All you need to know is did God tell me? And if you got that, you just won't take no for an answer. You just you you, you don't even hear it. It just bounces right off your ear. It's like like a language you don't understand. They look at you and your face crinkles all up. What what's wrong? I I thought you said can't. I know you didn't say that because that's <laughs> I thought you said impossible and and I you know with God nothing's impossible. Oh hallelujah. Oh, lift up a hand and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Numbers 14, let's read this and then I think we'll, we'll be done. 14:26. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long will this evil congregation which murmur against me? Well, I'll bear with them. The spirit of fear is a complainer and it is also accompanied with the spirit of disobedience, which is the spirit of this whole world. Anybody mean Ephesians 2, 2? The, the spirit of disobedience is throughout this whole world. Unbelief is not as innocent as people think it is. It's not just bless their hearts. They don't have enough faith. They can't believe. Anybody can believe if you choose to. There's no such thing as somebody that can't believe what God told them. They are rebelling Against the command of the Lord. He told them. I've already given you the land. He told them I'm with you. Go up and possess it. And what did they say? We can't. That's not innocent. That's stubborn. Come on can you see this? That's rebellious. Who going to look at God. And say you're wrong. Because I've been there. And these are big boys. Bigger than God. But see this is happening right and left. The Lord tells folks something. And the enemy comes and just. When the Lord tells you something. The enemy's not just going to sit by and let you waltz into it. Without trying to keep you out of it. And how does he try to keep you out of it? Through fear. And unbelief. And questions. And trying to get you to to be stubborn and and resistant to what God is saying and doing with you. I've endeavored to to help folks and then get flat mad at me. You don't know what I'm going through. I'm sure I don't. But I know God's bigger than that. 
Is that right? I've had people that do their best try to convince me that their case is impossible. I will never agree with you about that. I've had people get so angry with me. I mean, just nail-biting mad. Well, you don't understand. This is serious. Yeah, serious doubt. Serious unbelief. Serious fear. But it's easy for God to fix. True or not? It's easy for God. All things are possible with Him. And to Him that believes. You need faith buddies. That will not cry with you when you need to stop crying. Bible said cry with them that cry. I know that. But about what? And about how long? See, people have mixed in the understanding of psychology from the world with a sprinkling of verses and made a mess of some things. Now there's some good people in counseling. Don't misunderstand me. God anointed. But there's some other folks that have taken unbelievers' books and based their practice on those principles. And they're trying to get people to let it out. What you need to do is let it out. You need to vent. But what they don't realize is when you start heaving and crying and being mad and cussing and venting, you ain't just letting it out. You just let it in. You just yielded to some ugly, ugly stuff. And when you get through cussing and being mad, you're not going to be better. You're going to be worse than you have been. Actually, I had a minister tell me one time. He said, I think God gave us our spouse to vent on. You know, so we wouldn't take it out on other people. No, I said, no, 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 no. No, you're not supposed to yield to it and vent it. You're supposed to resist it and not let it in and not think it and not yield to the feelings. No. The more you lay there and cry and feel sorry for yourself, the darker it's going to get. That's exactly what they did. Go back to chapter 14. That's exactly what they did. The first part of it. All the congregation did what? They lifted up their voice and they did what? They cried. The people did what? They wept that night. And when they got through crying all night long, they're griping and complaining against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Would God we'd have died in this wilderness? Why did the Lord bring us out here to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? What spirit is this? It's a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of unbelief. It's a spirit of rebellion. It's a spirit of disobedience. It's a spirit of death. Why do they keep wanting to talk about death? The enemy's feeding it to them. And this is how you perish. Is that what happened to them? They couldn't get them out of that. So they died young in the wilderness. Let's make us a captain. Let's go back to Egypt. Like that was a joy ride. <laughs> Some people got real selective memory about the good old days. 
they wasn't half as good as they make them out to be. And if you believe God, your best days are not behind you, brother, sister. They're in front of you. You don't want to stay in the desert. And you sure don't want to go back to Egypt when the promised land is right over there. Right over there. What would keep you out of the promised land? Not the giants. Not the walls. What? I can't. The spirit of I can't. That's what keeps you out. Keeps you from accessing the wisdom of God. The grace of God. The plan of God. The help of God. The favor of God. People say, well, I've had people tell me, well, if I had a big church like that, I'd do things too. I've had all those folks helping me. <laughs> there was a time when we had no church and nobody helping us. <laughs> well, if I had family, had money, man, I, I could be doing stuff too. Always an excuse why I can't and won't be able to. But it's not the lack of money that's holding folks up. Man, if I had the money, I'd go do the will of God. The lack of money is not what's keeping you from doing the will of God. If I could get folks to help me, I'd do something. That is not what's holding you back. Any more than the giants held them back. You got to begin believing, I can do it. Whether they help me or not. Huh? Whether I know anybody with money, I can do it. In him. Somebody say, I can, I can. I can, I can. Do all things. Through Christ, who strengthens me. When they're crying all night, griping, belly aching, talking about dying, talking about going back to uh, Egypt. What, how would you have felt in the camp that morning? How would it have felt around there? You hear moaning. You hear crying. You hear cussing and complaining. Spirit of death was on the camp. Abject hopelessness. It's a spirit. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which are of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. Unbelief bothers faith people. Oh, it bothers people. Oh, it bothers you. Oh, man, it stinks. It hurts. You're like, please shut up, please. Please shut up. Quit crying. Quit. That's not a good cry. That's a feel sorry for me. Poor pitiful me. Hush. Quit. Quit. Faith is irritating to unbelieving people. Unbelief is irritating to faith people. (laughs) Oh, I won't say that next part. Lord, help me out. (laughs) They rent their clothes. They grab their clothes and they ripped them and they... You know, basically saying, God, deliver us from these negative folks. (laughs) Oh, Lord. And they spoke to all the company of the children of Israel. And they said, look, look, look. Hush. Shh, 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 shh. Blow your nose and quit crying. (laughs) The land which we passed through to search it. I'm telling you, you never saw anything like this. So beautiful. So rich. I mean, you saw these grapes. You saw these figs. I'm telling you, there's springs that just come right up out of the ground. You ought to see the fruit trees. You ought to see the crops over there. And these hills and these valleys, beautiful. I'm telling you, God told us the truth. And, and, and if he delights in us, and he does, he'll bring us into this land. 
He'll give us the land which flows with milk and honey. Only don't rebel against the Lord. And don't fear the people of the land. For they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them. The Lord is with us. Fear them not. What is this? This is the spirit of faith. This is the spirit of we can do it. Load up. Let's go now. And the people's response is. What? You know they're right. Come on boys. Let's quit for No. They looked for rocks. To stone them. They want to kill them. See, what communion does light have with darkness? The children of God with the children of the devil. Faith with fear and unbelief. They are total opposites. That's why if folks don't want to change and don't want to believe, you run out of things to talk about. Don't you? You run out, you get to a point where you're wanting to talk faith, and the further you go, the madder they get. And I've had people who want to talk doubt to me, and I just won't sign up. No. Won't tell me how bad it is, and how impossible it is, I will not believe it. And if you try to get me to yield to fear and unbelief, you'll find me inhospitable. You will run into a wall. Because that's what the enemy of my soul tries to do to me every day of my life. And I know how to lock down on the rock. So if you're trying to get me to fear and doubt like he does, you're going to find me hard. I'm just no longer listening. Now if you want to talk faith, you want to talk about it being possible, let's reach in big things and see in miracles. I'm your man. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. You don't have to be mean about it. But you don't join anybody in fearing and doubting and being hopeless. Nobody. Nobody. He said, down at the last part of 14 again. He said, these men, verse 22, that have seen my glory, they're not going to see the land, verse 23. Verse 24, but my servant Caleb, because he has another spirit, hallelujah, he has followed me fully. Oh, somebody say another spirit. Another spirit. He's followed me fully. And you'll see that uh, hundreds of thousands of people perished in the most Terrible circumstances. But these two were preserved. God kept them every day of those 40 years, didn't he? He kept them. He kept them built up. He kept them strong. And Caleb, you know, later on, after everybody had died, he's now 80 years old. And he comes to Joshua. And he says, you remember when me and you went and searched the land four decades ago? You remember how we stood up and said we were well able? He said, I want you to know I'm able today. I'm just as able today at 80 years old as I was at 40 years old. And there's a mountain over there that I have already picked out. So give me my mountain. 
And they went and they took it. And it became Calebville. Hallelujah. Is it true? And when you hear that, it goes right into you. It goes right through you. It quickens you. Why? Because you are also a child of the living God. You are begotten from faith. And living faith is in you. And you are made to live like this. You are made to think and talk and operate like this. So no matter the situation, you don't have to know the details. You don't have to know how. You don't have to know why. You don't have to know how you're going to come through all of it. But what you do have to do is say, I refuse to fear. And I can. By God's grace. Hallelujah. I can. And we will. And here we go. And nothing can make me doubt it and make me, make me get into fear. And if, you, if you'll give God that, he will give you all the rest. Day in, day out, he'll show you this. He'll, leave, he'll bring people. He'll give you favor. He'll bring the money. He'll, whatever it takes, the rest of it will flow. Yes. But he's got to have that yeah. first. Amen. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, let's lift up our hands. Let's thank the Father. The Father of our spirit. The Father, hallelujah, of faith. Oh, lift up your hands. Lift up your praises. Lift up your thanks. Give Him glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.